0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. So how about I tell you some of the things that I see that are mistakes that are being made so that you can avoid them. That's, That's what I really want to teach you. What are 10 ways to date the wrong person. Number one. First of all, introduction. With the divorce divorce rate over 70%, too many are apparently making a serious mistake in deciding who to spend the rest of their life with. Recently, we had a headlines show in which I was interviewed about what's creating the rash of broken divorces and uh, broken engagements and rash divorces. Quick quick one. So, you know, I'd like to just touch on this subject. Number one. You pick the wrong person because you expect that person to change after you're married. Sunday night, I had a 40-year-old woman sitting in front of me. And she had, I had spoken in the city two weeks ago to a rather, call it traditional uh, group. Center left. Not that religious, whatever. But one lady came up to me and says, I need to speak with you. So she started telling me about a relationship that she was in th- over three years didn't sound like she was uh, in the right relationship. Some of the things that she said were outright dangerous. I don't trust him. Um, he doesn't. He's not really there for me. But given that she's forty years old and she tells me her father's embarrassed to go to school in Queens because he has a forty-year-old daughter and a thirty-five-year-old daughter that are both single. I said, "Bring him in. Let's check him out." So Sunday night they came in, and here's a classic thing: you can't expect anyone to change. The only person you can change is yourself. He starts. I said to him, "Describe the relationship." And she starts telling me about how he makes fun of her, how he um, tells her because she's a doctor and he's in in the real estate business, "You're not so smart." I know people that are more prettier than you. I said, "What kind of sh'tus is this? How do you expect to ever be a decent husband if you don't know the basic alphabet of a great relationship? Is to make the spouse makom lishon, first place." In order for you to have a loving, wonderful marriage, you have to ensure that you make the, the spouse feel like they're first place. It's not her job to change the guy. So don't think that you're going to get married with the idea that you're changing anyone. Make sure that you take them as, the, as you see. The classic mistake, you don't marry potential. The golden rule is if you can't be happy with the person, the way that person is, don't get married to the person. After he went to the bathroom, I said he's not for you. Find something else. So when it comes to the other person's spirituality, character, personal hygiene, communication skills, and personal habits, make sure you can live with the person as they are now. You're not changing them. That's important. Number two, you pick the wrong person because you focus more on chemistry than on character. Yes, you're right. Physical attraction is important. But it can't be the only thing. Just yesterday, I had a... Uh, consultation with someone, the same story. Everything is a physical attraction issue. I said to him, listen, it's only one thing, it's only one portion of the whole complex. Don't get so carried away with it. Chemistry ignites the fire, but good character is what's key that keeps it burning. Beware of the I'm-in-love syndrome that tends to translate into I'm-in-lust syndrome. Attraction is important, but have you carefully checked out his character or her character? What am I looking for? Anava, humility. Does this person believe that doing the right thing is more important than her their personal comfort? One. Two, kindness. Do they enjoy giving pleasure to others? I gave a lecture two weeks ago on the ultimate five-word formula for a great marriage. What is it? Don't give pain, give pleasure. Start now, train yourself now to be the kind of individual that people enjoy being around by giving pleasure and not pain how does that person that you're dating treat people they don't have to be nice to when Moshe Shira passed away one of the people that was ripped up to pieces was the janitor in the building he was the head of Agudis Israel, and he asked him what happened why he so broken up because that man with the skull cap said good morning to me every day and it meant so much to me So how does that person treat individuals, the one that you're dating? They they don't have to be nice to. Responsibility. Can I depend on the person to do what they're going to do? One of the people that I helped, a a woman, a girl that I helped mentor, I started two years ago with her. That She just finally got her divorce. After two years, she's 25 years old. The guy didn't move out of bed. He was in bed till 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, every day. Didn't work, wasn't responsible. Achrayis. You have a responsibility. You have to make sure you carry out those responsibilities. Happiness. Does that person like themselves, do they enjoy life? So when I sit down with people and I help them draft what I call the top 10 list, which I feel is Ikarikarim. In order for you to be able to know where you're going to end up, you have to know where you're headed. How are you getting there? So in order to achieve that, without wasting time, you sit down, it's good, we're having fun. Okay. We need to draft a top 10 needs list. Not want. Wants are superficial things. Want is money. I want someone who has money or uh, tall, go- dark and glamorous. That's not what they make you happy. Needs is kind, compassionate, warm, sensitive, emotionally stable, emotionally available. In the case of a guy who has a Rebbe. In both cases, doesn't have anger problems. That's key. You don't want someone with anger, with anger or temper tantrums. So, number three. Well, I think I'll avoid this one. Because then the guys are going to think i pick on them. You pick the wrong person because the man doesn't understand what a woman needs most. And that is, women are emotional. The Torah obligates the husband to meet the intimate needs of the wife. Men are goal-oriented, especially when it comes to this area. As a wise woman once pointed out, men have two speeds, on and off. Women are experience-oriented. When a man is able to switch gears and become more experience-oriented, he discovers what makes his wife happy. And the unique woman of the unique need of a woman is to feel loved. That she's the most important person in her husband's life. She could be the head of C and CEO of a major company, and people can praise her and koyim m'shtachavimah, bowing down to her. But if her husband doesn't give her compliments, she feels feels empty. She feels like there's a huge void in her life. And that was the case with this couple Sunday night. Does he compliment me? You? Never. He's like in competition with her. Four. You choose the wrong person because you don't have common goals and priorities. Oftentimes, the dating doesn't dig deep enough. Let me share with you a formula to determine how do I know if I'm with the right person. It's very Pasha. P-A-I-R. Pair. P, physical attraction. Okay? Am I physically attracted to the person that I'm dating with? And it doesn't have to happen right away. It can take five to seven dates to achieve that. A, acceptance, admiration, and affection. Can I accept the faults that that person has? No individual in the world is perfect. So you're going to have to do a cheshven. Does the positives outweigh the negatives? And even if you're there, is there anything unique negatively that annoys me about that person? And I can't... Get it out of my head. Admiration. Do I look up to that person? Are there qualities in that individual that I really like? And affection. Can that person give me affection? Can it speak to my neshama? I is emotional connectivity. Emotional intimacy. And that's where a lot of the dating suffers. People don't seem to know how to connect on a deeper level because they have not developed their conversation skills. They don't dig. I had a Syrian girl sitting in front of me who went out 36 times and couldn't tell me anything about the guy. I said, what did you do for four and a half months? What did you talk about? And then when we did up the top, the top ten list, there was barely one out of ten things that she needed that he had on there. She dropped them the next day. So, emotional intimacy is key. To be able to ask questions that delve to the root of who that person is. To, to be able to connect and to find the window into their soul. That's so important. And lastly, respect. There's absolutely no place for disrespect in a dating relationship. That's very important. You pick the wrong person because you don't have a deeper emotional connection with this person. I think we just, we touched on that. Am I impressed with this person? Not by his Mercedes or his, or his car. Am I impressed with his Meadows? That's the key. Do I respect and admire him? Seven. You pick the wrong person because you choose someone with whom you don't feel emotionally safe. Ask yourself the following question. Do I feel calm, peaceful and relaxed with him or her? Can I be myself or do I have to pretend to be someone else? Does this person make me feel good about myself? Will they help me extract the most potential for me? Will they help me become the best Jew that I can be? That's so so important. Does he or she feel like a close friend? Does it seem seamless? Like we're brother and sister. Eight. You pick the wrong person because you don't put everything on the table. Anything that bothers you about the relationship that you're in must be brought up for discussion. Bringing up the uncomfortable stuff is the only way to evaluate how the well of two of you will communicate, negotiate and work together. Don't propel anything into the future. We'll figure it out then. Huge mistake! Huge mistake! You've got to deal with it now. Can you negotiate now? Can you communicate? Over the course of a lifetime, difficulties will inevitably arise. You need to know now, before you get into that grand commitment, can you resolve differences now? Can you find compromises that work for both of you now? Very important. Never be afraid to let the other person know it's bothering you. This is a way to test The relationship, and especially to see how vulnerable you can be with that person. If you can't be vulnerable, you can't be close. The two go hand in hand. Nine, you pick the wrong person because you use the relationship to escape from personal problems and unhappiness. You think you're going to leave your house because it's a nightmare over there, and you're going to jump into marriage thinking that solves your problems? No, it doesn't work that way. If you're unhappy and single, you're going to be unhappy and married too. Marriage is not six personal, psychological, and emotional problems. If anything, marriage will exacerbate them. If you're not happy with yourself, take responsibility to fix things now while you're single. I'll give you an example. Two years ago, I got a phone call from someone who wanted my help in dating, mentoring, dating coaching. I felt a very strong need to help him because he didn't know that his father was my tutor when I was in elementary school. And I wanted to help him. On the other hand, the girl that he had been divorced from, her father and I started the Kohlel together. So I knew both sides extremely well. He got married when he was 21, and she was 19. The problem was, he had very poor coping skills. The reason being, that when he was 10, he lost his mother. His father was left and saddled with seven children. And that left a scar on his neshama. And as a result, he now is put into a marriage. No, he wasn't set up or whatever. He was forced into it. He finds himself as a chassan at the age of 21 with poor coping skills. And they're skirmishing, they're fighting, they're doing whatever they're doing. And the marriage falls apart about 17 years ago. And now he's close to 40. And there's two children that are involved. I get a phone call about four weeks ago from a, from a woman who tells me, do I know XYZ? I said, sure I do. Well, I called the references, and listen to this. I called the references. One of the references was the person who had issued the get, and he said bad things about him. He can't. He's not a fit husband. He can't maintain a home. A second rabbi did the same. This is their recollections of the fellow when he got divorced 17 years ago. And I said to her, it's not fair. I worked with him for five months and he's been in, in therapy. He fixed all of his issues. She says, what do you recommend? I said, I recommend that I'll call him now and you're going to come in here and you're going to ask him about all the things that the rabbi said. Let it, let's see how he defends himself. And that's exactly what we did. Two, about three weeks ago he came in. I said, okay, put, I said to the girl, let's hear what your concerns are and let's see how Yossi, I changed the name, deals with it. And he owned up to everything and explained that that was when he was 21. He's now 39. And how he went through life and he grew. And he dealt with all of his issues and he explained everything and he owned up to everything. They went from one day to week to now three dates a week. And they're going to be probably engaged very soon. Baruch Hashem. But the point is, he dealt with the baggage. He squared it away. If there's baggage in your life, deal with it. Fix it. Because if you think you're going to throw it into the future, and just marriage will just dismiss it and stick it under the carpet, that's not going to happen. 10. You pick the wrong person because that person is in a triangulated situation. Which means that you're not the most important priority in their life. That a triangle is composed of three points, and that person is triangulated either to a parent, to money, to an addiction. The most bizarre story, I think one of them, I've heard some really interesting ones, was when a picture-perfect Beis Yaakov girl walks into my office in the summer and tells me she was married but for a whole two weeks. I said, what happened? She said, the night of the wedding he was on the phone with his mother for two hours in the hotel. She knew something was wrong. Yeah, that was pretty strange. Anyway, when we don't take the time to analyze properly, we can get ourselves in messes. So we have to ensure that we take the time, we date properly, we date with substance, and uh, also Davin, be grateful for all the good that we have. And it's my blessing to everyone here that we should all be able to stand and, and enjoy every, the wedding of everyone in this room. And may I have the opportunity to share in all. Thank you so much for having me here. Have a wonderful evening. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.